I'm Lonnie Edwards, the founder of The Dog Agency and Pet Insider, and you're listening to the Pet Insider Podcast. This is a show about the latest and greatest across the pet world. Whether you're a pet parent or just a little pet crazy, Pet Insider has you covered. We get it. We're obsessed too. So I met Tuna at a farmer's market in LA in 2010, and the way I describe it to people is that the record stopped when I first laid eyes on him. He was this four-month-old puppy um, wearing an oversized sweatshirt, and he was shivering, and he appeared to be really unloved. That was Courtney Dasher, human to one of the first ever Insta-famous pets, and also one of the dog agency's first clients, Tuna Melts My Heart. Courtney will discuss how she came to be Tuna's mom, his rise to fame, and how both of their lives have changed since. Now let's get back to Courtney. So hi, Courtney. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having us. So how did you meet Tuna? So I met Tuna at a farmer's market in LA in 2010. And the way I describe it to people is that the record stopped when I first laid eyes on him. He was this four-month-old puppy um, wearing an oversized sweatshirt, and he was shivering, and he appeared to be really unloved. So I took him home, only intended to foster him, but ended up being a foster failure. So that's how we met. So how did how did Tuna become a foster fail? And actually, going back, why were you interested in fostering to begin with? So I was a Tuna. I would say that I was a foster failure because um, I didn't have any intentions to adopt because I had a full time job and a pretty big social life. Didn't think that I would be able to be a responsible pet parent, but um, he really won me over. Um, mainly the night before I was about to return him to the rescuer. Um, he slept up on my shoulder and he was there the entire night. When I woke up in the morning, he was in the same position and I just knew that um, he knew I was supposed to be his mom. Oh, that's so sweet. What was your life like before Tuna? Well, my life before Tuna was um, pretty simple but chaotic. I was working for an interior designer and I like I said, had a really busy social life. Um, But it wasn't that eventful. Like I wasn't really doing a lot. So to bring a dog into the mix really kind of changed my responsibilities and um, switched myself into like fear, um, full mode, like momhood (laughs) to take after a little puppy. So (laughs) it was interesting, but a good adjustment. When you went to that farmer's market, were you thinking about adopting or fostering before that, or uh, did it just kind of happen in the moment when you saw him? Yeah, actually, um, I had just moved into my own studio apartment, and a friend of mine had suggested fostering for companionship uh, because I had never lived alone. And so I decided that um, I would look into it, and I happened to go to a farmer's market every Sunday and noticed for the first time that there were private rescuers showing dogs and cats for adoption. So I asked the first lady I saw and she was like, yeah, pick anyone you want and you can bring them home tonight, which was really surprising to me. No background Um, checks or anything? Just like, here you go? I mean, I think she was a little (laughs) overwhelmed. So she's like, pick of the litter. Um, And so there was actually a dog before Tuna that had a reverse... um, it had an underbite and it was so adorable, but she said that that dog had been spoken for. So I came around the corner and when I saw Tuna, like I said, the record stopped and I was like, what is this dog's story? <laughs> and she told me um, that he had been found on the side of the road near San Diego, abandoned, and they transported him up to LA and she pulled him from a shelter. But what was um, what was even 
better was that he didn't have his signature teeth. So he just had these flappy gums (laughs) with this overbite and it was hysterical. And she told me that she called him wormy because he was so insecure that when he would go to walk, he would just fall on his belly and then squirm to you. And that won me over for some reason. (laughs) I thought it was so cute. That's adorable. Okay, so you decided, you foster fail, decided to keep tuna. How did you come up with the name tuna? The name tuna is actually a derivative of cartoon. Um, when I first got him, like I said, he didn't have his teeth, but he resembled Montgomery Burns from The Simpsons. And I thought that that would be a cute name. So I called him Mr. Burns. But shortly after, I just nicknamed him Toonie, which is short for cartoon. And then I brought him to my hometown six months later. And my nephew at the time was six years old. And um, he asked me if I was calling him Timmy which I told him was an amazing name. And that actually ended up being my mom's um, second dog's name in the future. But anyway, and then um, he said, is it Tuna? And I remember just responding, yes, like that's his name. And from that moment on, I called him Tuna. so cute. And so how soon after keeping, deciding to keep Tuna, did you start the Instagram account? And what led you to start it? Yeah, so I got, um, I, I adopted Tuna in December of 2010, and then I joined Instagram in November of 2011. And Instagram at the time was very new. And uh, friends of mine were encouraging me to join the platform because back then it was more niche and I was an interior designer. So friends were like, oh, you should do a design account. But I never really wanted my own social media. I hadn't had like my own Facebook or Twitter. So I was really apprehensive to join, but I had acquired a year's worth of photos of Tuna and his teeth had grown in and he made really funny faces. So I told my best friend at the time who really wanted me to start one, I said, you know, why don't I just start an account for Tuna and um, I won't ever show myself and it will just be about him. And that's kind of what I've done from day one, which is I think what my brands become. It's just tuna. And then right away, people were telling me that they were, that tuna was bringing them joy and making him laugh and made comments like he's a really strange looking dog, but I think he was warming up to people very quickly. And so that was a really big sign for me because I like the idea of being a catalyst um, to change the trajectory of someone's day. So I just kept doing that like as a day changer I guess and how soon after starting it did you realize that it was taking on a life of its own and and becoming a big thing so when I started in November 2011 his following was growing but um it wasn't until about a year later in December 2012 um I remember the the specific evening that it happened. I'd gone over a friend's and there was about 10 of us over there. And I remember he had 8,500 followers at the time. Um, And then I got a text from someone that said, Tuna's famous, um, 15K. And I wrote, ha, 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 8,500. And then he screenshot the, um, the homepage of my account. And so I refreshed and it said 16K. And it was really crazy because the numbers just kind of turned. And he went from 8,500 to, um, he quadrupled overnight to like 32,000. And um, I had found out later that Instagram had featured 
tuna on their personal page unbeknownst to me and they did like three photos of one um, which they had never really featured before that many photos on their weekly fluff so it was really really shocking and completely unexpected why do you think so many people started following what is it about tuna that draws people in I think what makes Tuna special is that he is so unconventional looking physically, but that's coupled with like having a huge personality to match. And you can really see that through his photographs. And I would also say that I think Tuna challenges people about true beauty and that I kind of coined this a while ago, but that it captivates our hearts and not just our eyes. And so we live in this social world where like, you know, there's so many beauty accounts and like everyone's just kind of posting a certain image a lot of times. But I think it's really refreshing when there's accounts that make like it's intended to make just silly faces or like kind of, you know, showing off their body in ways that maybe not are flattering, you know, but it's just kind of giving people more of an encouragement to like, hey, be you, embrace it, celebrate it. And um, I think Tuna is kind of an example of that as well. He totally is. How has Tuna changed your life? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, So many ways. I would say mainly he's changed my life. This is my sentimental answer is um, he's helped redefine my purpose because um, it's become my mission to make people laugh and to bring them joy. Um, And like I said, hopefully change the trajectory of their day from like maybe a difficult circumstance into one of like hope. So that's a big reason. And I just continue since, since the beginning, but still now just to get so many testimonies from people who have written to me telling me the difference that tuna makes in their days that has had such a profound effect on me because I love people. I'm very relational. And so to know that my little dog, who most of these people haven't ever met, um, is having an impact on them and it's global, it's just astonishing. Like it's very humbling and it um, encourages me to continue to post the way I do. And so that has been a huge change for me. But also, I would say that he's my boss. (laughs) He's the best boss I've ever had because he doesn't bark orders at me, no pun intended. But um, we also we get to be a part of some really cool opportunities that I don't think would normally happen if if Tuna wasn't my dog. So that's been changed. Yeah. So what are some of those cool things you've gotten to do because of Tuna? Well, you know, you might notice that we do a lot of traveling and uh, a big part of that was just my own desire um, because, you know, I it's my lifestyle to travel. And so I thought, well, let's just utilize that. And so I created a secondary account out of traveling for Tuna. So that's been a big thing. Um, but then we've also been on the cover of Southwest's um, magazines in flight magazine and um, that was huge and bigger than I realized at the time I was very like uh, shy about it and didn't really want to advertise that because I I didn't want to you know come off prideful but in hindsight I was like whoa that was an incredible opportunity um, to be featured on the cover both Tuna and I and pretty much the entire story was about 
us. And so that was awesome. And then we got a publishing deal with a division of Penguin Random House. And the rights to that book were acquired in a couple different countries internationally. And then that opened the door for us to go on a couple book tours. So that was really fun. So mm-hmm. speaking of traveling, uh, the Traveling Tuna account, your second account, what led you to start that and kind of have two separate accounts? Um, yeah. So we travel quite a bit together along with my husband. So I started the secondary Instagram called The Traveling Tuna and then also created a website called thetravelingtuna.com where we recommend well-designed pet-friendly accommodations in the US and UK. And I'm an interior designer by trade, so it's really important to me that the hotels that I'm um, promoting actually have a certain aesthetic and Um, people would look at them and be like, wow, I really want to stay there because they're so cool and innovative. And so I try and do partnerships with those kind of hotels. Um, And yeah, that's basically the basis of the traveling tuna. But then it also gives us an opportunity in each city we go to to meet more of his followers, which has been so fun. What are your favorite kind of trips? You've done everything from glam vacations to camping all around the U.S. and abroad. What are you most excited about? Well, that's a great question. Um, I really love hotels. <laughs> and so like glamping was really fun, but sort of scary for me. But you, you would be surprised. We stayed in this incredible A-frame cabin, but it was in like the middle of Yosemite. And I was so afraid that like a bear or a scary person was going to come to our door. So, but it was really fun. I just, I'm more of a city person and, um, you know, we love London. We love traveling to London. Is that um, because of his dad or? Yeah. So, so Tuna's dad is British and, um, I went over there in 2015 to promote the book because it was acquired over in the UK and met Tuna's dad over there. But then um, because I spent so you kind more of than like a met week. your husband because of Tuna in a way. Yeah, actually indirectly, yes. And the story of how I met my husband is linked to Tuna because I ran into actually a follower of his, and then a couple weeks later she invited me out to have a drink, and then I was at a pub which was down the street from the woman's house that I was staying at originally when I came to London, and then that woman invited me to go get champagne with them. And that's where I met my husband at a bar, but it's a way cuter story, just so you all know. It's not what you think, but uh, yeah, so it was through Tuna, um, which was crazy. But, but, but my now husband had no idea who Tuna was back then, which I think was a little shocking for him when he, he kind of <laughs> learned everything. <laughs> did, he, did you tell him when, at the first meeting or how soon into it did you tell him about Tuna and your career? And- you know, it's interesting. On, on um, the first time we texted, he randomly just said to me that he wanted to guess what I did for a living. And um, so when we were on our first date, he said, I think you might do two things. The first thing is maybe design. And he kind of went through a few different design fields that he struck out in. I told him I was actually an interior designer and he thought maybe graphic or fashion. And then um, I said, you're never going to guess the second one. And he said, what are you like into dog grooming or something? (laughs) And it was so crazy because I was like, "Um, sort of. I'm not a groomer, (laughs) but I definitely work with dogs. So that was so crazy because he had no idea. So when I told him the whole story, he was like really blown away. And then on our second date, we went to an event that we were invited to because of Tuna. And I think that was like 
kind of overwhelming for him because a lot of the guests knew that we were arriving with him and um, just came up and were, you know, swooning over him for over Tuna, not my husband, but over, I was swooning over him, but they were so excited over Tuna. And um, yeah, but what's really sweet is that um, he had researched me after that so that he could give I don't know, almost like represent me well, speak on my behalf. So he was able to answer a lot of questions when I was being talked to to other people. Um, so he had done research on me, which was so sweet. So if someone was like, so how long has she had tuna? He knew the answer and he did that all on his own. It was really, really endearing. He's I love that so about great. him. I know, he really is. <laughs> really was he a best. dog person before Tuna? I mean, he's such an amazing dad to Tuna. Yeah, he yeah, he was a dog person. He didn't have his own at the time. Um, what is so funny, though, the, the true test for me is that um, you may or may not know this, but Tuna is not a huge fan of men um, or children. And I like to say that publicly. <laughs> so mm. people I know a, that. People listening right not. Yeah. <laughs> but he's, he's very indifferent about men. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that he's a rescue and we don't really know his story. So um, when he met Ian for the first time, um, he adored Ian. It was insane. He didn't try and nip at his ankles or growl <laughs> or anything. He just really received him well and Ian came into our space to drop me off and so it was really I just it was a sign for me I'm like oh I think Tuna really likes this guy so maybe I should too <laughs> so and now we're married Tuna gave the seal of approval <laughs> <laughs> exactly it was great uh, and so something that people might not know about you but I know intimately well being your manager you are very particular as to which brands you partner with and keeping things authentic can you touch on that a little bit and how important that is to you yeah you know I think that authenticity and um, using my discernment has been a big secret to this account because basically you know like I said, when I when I first started this account, I didn't really have plans for it at all. I didn't expect to gather a following. I didn't ever anticipate that it would become a business for me at all. And so for me, it was one of those things where when I started to get approached by brands early on, and it was kind of new to the whole Instagram world, to be honest, back then, um, I started saying no to almost everybody because they just you weren't still good do. brands. You still do. <laughs> oh, I said, well, of course. <laughs> I'm I'm definitely a no person in this industry. But I, I think that I think Tuna's followers appreciate that about us because while it's now socially acceptable to start doing sponsored content, um, it's still very important to me that that is not the primary goal of the account. So as long as it's a good brand fit. Um, I, I just try and partner with brands that are relevant and mutually beneficial. And if the company or product is off brand, I just politely say, no, thank you, no matter the amount that's being offered, because to me, it is far more important to maintain my integrity and the integrity of the tuna brand than to just say yes to every collaboration that I get. So yeah, I'm particular for that reason. And I think it's served us well. I agree. Even though it can be really hard sometimes to say no to money. <laughs> and I do think there's this misconception where people think that when you have this following or you're considered an influencer, that you are just like sipping martinis by the pool all day and 
making thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars and you're like a millionaire. And for me, that that's not true. Perhaps it could be, but I think for, for me, it's very important that I'm selective because I, I don't want to sell out and I'm, you know, just, it's important that like, I'm just doing partnerships with brands that are a good fit and it's important. (laughs) Speaking of of working with brands, uh, why do you think that brands love working with tuna and pet influencers in general? I mean, just look at animals. (laughs) They're like so cute. You know, I, I think that people find dogs and cats and hedgehogs and pigs and every (laughs) other animal disarming. And for a lot of people, their pets are a huge part of their everyday life. And a lot of products cater to both humans and dogs. So I think brands are really drawn to that. And um, I think for as far as tuna goes, he is so unique looking, and he's also recognizable. And I think that brands probably just think that he makes a great ambassador, you know, so when they approach me they I think their intention is, Hey, he has such a unique face. Um, people know who he is. We'd love to do a partnership with you. And then again, it just goes back to me saying yes or no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you guiding me as well in that process. <laughs> You've encouraged me a lot of times. So that's Yay. been good. And a lot of, the, a lot of the times I've said, yes, it's, you know, I might've had anxiety at first, but it's always turned out to be a great thing. So thank you. Something we haven't touched on yet that I know is super important to you is how you use the platform to do good and all your rescue work. Uh, can you touch on that a little bit? Yeah. Um, before adopting Tuna, I knew nothing about the rescue community, to be honest. So I try and make it a priority to use Tuna's platform to raise more awareness and sometimes even financial support for different types of shelters and groups. So like... People ask me, like, who do you give to? And for me, when I first started the account um, and had product where there was proceeds going to, you know, just to a general fund for myself, I decided to give proceeds back to the rescue community. But because I didn't know anything about the rescue world, I Googled, like, shelter groups and, like, ASPCA (laughs) pulled up. So that's who we were initially giving to. And then through this platform, I have just been introduced to so many large and small or private or public um, rescue groups and rescue organizations that are in need of more exposure and in need of more financial support. So what we tend to do is either um, through those introductions or even through asking his followers if they have any recommendations, we then just will just contribute randomly like $200 here, $300 here, $50 here, $500 there. You know what I mean? So we'll just kind of give to shelters who are in need when we find out that they're in need. Um, so anyway, that's that's a big part of it. And I just feel, I feel really honored and humbled I've been given this platform of influence to reach a lot of people that may not know much about the importance of rescue or about even the people who do the rescuing because they are incredible. Like, I don't know if you know anything about what goes into rescuing. I'm sure you do. But it's just when I learn what the sacrifice is behind it, it just blows me away. Because a lot of organizations, they're not government funded. So they rely on donations and volunteer work um, and fostering. So for me, it's, it's really cool to be able to have a platform of influence to tell people to go, you know, volunteer, donate, foster, adopt. 
And so it's just a big part of how I use the platform. And another way you use the platform, we touched on this a little bit, uh, spreading joy and happiness. Can you tell some of those stories? Yeah, you know, bringing people joy is probably one of the most important parts because, you know, rescuing, there's there's so many, there's so many accounts that cater to um, encouraging people to rescue. So like I said, we, we touch on it and a lot of my partnerships kind of point back to you know, raising awareness or funds for rescue. But joy is something that I think our world lacks, especially from a social perspective, because all content is curated. And so you can choose what you want to put out there. And um, anytime I do a post of tuna, I'm intentional about, hey, is this post going to bring people joy and laughter? And almost every time people, at least one person affirms that <laughs> more than one but, usually you know, many more <laughs> yeah yeah a lot more people but um yeah I mean I've had people come up to me at meet and greets in tears just telling me how um tuna has been a great distraction from cancer treatments that they've gone through one girl came up and said that she um had gone through brain surgery to remove cancer and she was really depressed from it and um, just checking into Tuna's account daily just lifted her spirits and gave her encouragement. Um, I've had people, one time I was on a a train in London and um, I don't know how it got brought up but sometimes my friends do this and it is really embarrassing and unnecessary but they said something like, do you know who this dog is? And uh, that's a terrible accent. But do you know who this dog is? And the girl's like, yes, it's Tuna. I love Tuna. He's helped me through like the worst breakup of my life. And then they'd be like, this is his owner. And so and then I get to have conversation with that person. And just, you know, it's just cool to hear the stories about how he's been just, you know, hopeful and joyful for people. And I love that. It's my favorite. It's my favorite thing in the whole wide world. I take those emails over any other kind of email every day. Like I'm just (laughs) like, I need to respond to this person. It's so important that they know how much it meant to me that they took time out of their day to share what Tuna meant to them. How often does Tuna get recognized? I don't know if you remember, but we originally met on the street many, many years ago because I recognized yes. Tuna. Do you remember that? <laughs> Long yeah. before the dog agency it, existed. <laughs> yeah, and it was crazy because like we were basically in Midtown. So it was super crazy, <laughs> busy, and there was a lot of people and you stopped us. And, um, and I was that's, so excited. Yeah, that's how I met you. That's how I met you. I love that. You're right. <laughs> I saw um, Tuna and I was like, that's definitely Tuna. And then I like sneakily pulled up my phone and pulled up Instagram to be like, is he in New York? He doesn't live here. Like, is that definitely him? Like, double check, verified you were in town before going up. I was like so nervous. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's so funny because it does happen pretty often and it's still surprising to me. Um, my favorite is when people kind of like you think it's him and they don't really know and like I've heard many times people walk by maybe whispering to their friend or their spouse and they're like, that looks like tuna or, you know, I think that's tuna. Um, and then when I hear that, I, I'll turn around and be like, it is tuna. And <laughs> they lose their minds. People, it's crazy. I, it's a casual statement when they walk by me, like, I think that's tuna or 
that looks just like tuna. And then all of a sudden they go crazy. And that's happened to me a lot in the UK because I don't think people expect for him to be there. And so the shock value is even higher because they may not know that we have traveled there. And so when they run into him, it's like they've won the lottery or something. Not that tuna's like $1 million, but I'm just saying it's like a big deal for them to meet him because they weren't anticipating that he was in their country. So yeah, yeah, it happens often. It happened to me at the airport the other day. And this girl with her sister was really sweet and just kind of was like, oh, your dog's so sweet. Um, what what do you call him? And I was like, oh, <laughs> tuna. And she's like, I thought so. That's him. You know what I mean? So it's just like really. What do you sweet. call him? <laughs> what do you call him? And that's something where I really going back to bringing people joy and laughter. It's like for me, um, I really try and make time for when people stop me. And so if you see us on the street and you want a photo, um by all means, come up. Don't be shy. Ask us. I love getting to know people. And um, I love that tuna brings people joy. So I'm happy to stop. One time I wasn't able to in an airport because I thought I lost tuna's bag. And I think I was afraid the police would think it was a bomb bag. So (laughs) (laughs) I was like running through the airport with tuna. And this girl was like, oh my gosh, is that tuna? I was like, I'm so sorry. I cannot talk to you right now. But she ended up direct messaging me and I apologized. and, And that was that. So Anyway. So what's next for Tuna? Are we going to see Tuna and Little Sister content in the near future? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I think I mentioned this earlier, but Tuna has an aversion towards children. And it's my fault, partly, because when he was a puppy, he um, I, I nannied for a little boy who was a toddler. And just out of excitement, the little boy would chase Tuna around the yard and pull at his ears and his tail. And uh, now Tuna associates that little boy with every child. So (laughs) it's really difficult to get him in a room where he's behaving with children. So that's probably going to be a really big problem for Tuna and my soon-to-be baby. But we're going to try and acclimate it. So I'm not really sure about the content, but I'm going to do my best. I'm hoping for some cute content. (laughs) I know. It would be great. I think Tuna will just have to be passed out. And so will the baby in order to do that. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll try and get some of that. But, you know, it's really a tough question for me to answer because I never saw this going anywhere when I began posting back in 2011. And so anytime a new door of opportunity opens, I just use discernment if it's in our best interest. And if not, I won't compromise my integrity so I don't walk through the door. But if it is a good thing, I'd go through it. Um, but I guess like maybe a broader product line would be fun. Um, just like new things with Tuna's face on it. Cause I think people really like the idea of having a piece of tuna in their life and they like gifting it to people. So that could be fun. Or maybe even a TV show would be amazing. Can you imagine tuna as a cartoon? I mean, that would be. <laughs> We're working on both right now. So if any uh, show buyers are listening, <laughs> send us an yeah, email. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I just think it would be funny, you know, because he does resemble so many cartoon characters, but to have his own, um, that would be fun. But yeah, I would also love to do a lot more traveling. But since we are expecting a baby in August of this year, that could be tricky. But um, it's really important to my husband and I. We're pretty nomadic, and Tuna loves airplanes and he loves being in the car. So for us, it would be fun to do more travel, but um, 
you know, we can't always go on free vacations. So it's like a little <laughs> difficult to do that all the time. What's been your favorite trip? Um, yeah, that's a great question. We actually were invited to go to Puerto Rico with, um, it's called Dorado Beach. It's a Ritz-Carlton Reserve. And that was just an incredible trip. I mean, it was so unexpected, but it was really nice because it was a very intimate group of other dogs with, or other people with dogs that had a social media following. And um, yeah, we just, it was different for us. We've never really done anything because a lot of the times I just go to different cities and then hotels want to um, have us stay at their hotel because, you know, we're, we're in town, but that was like a specific trip that we went on and it was really, really lovely. We were grateful to be invited to be a part of it. Yeah. The Ritz is really great with their, their dog friendly campaigns. Like the, the one we went to together yeah. in Colorado is incredible. Oh yeah. The Colorado was amazing. That one was like super, super cool. Um, it was just really nice to be in tropical weather like two weeks before that. <laughs> so I much more needed a little bit of sun before we went over to London because uh, we went to London two weeks after that. So, um, But yeah, they were both really great. And Ritz is incredible. Um, they're incredibly pet friendly and great to, to be partners with. So last thing before we close it out, what advice do you have for others who are trying to become the next tuna oh my gosh um (laughs) i guess my best advice would be similar to what we talked about before is like be authentic and be consistent um you know the algorithms have changed so much that it's really hard to say like do this in order to garner a following because when i started i didn't have any idea But what I did do is I think I, unbeknownst to me, started a brand and then basically chose a rhythm about, you know, how often I posted and what time of day and the theme and the quality of my photographs. And then I just stuck with it and then continued. And I think that consistency really um, garnered the attention of Tunis followers and they were just, you know, daily checking into what we were doing. Um, But my second piece would try to be intentional and authentic with the brand that you are developing or have created. Um, because I think people that are following will really appreciate that. They're going to, they're going to be grateful that you're not trying too hard, but you've definitely maybe have like some sort of content that is recognizable. And so, you know, they're going to appreciate the consistency and the authenticity backed up by that. So, That's kind of, I guess, what I would say. Hopefully it helps. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. And all the work you do behind the scenes. Oh my gosh. It's like, it's actually a lot of work. (laughs) People don't realize. I have downtime for sure. They don't. I mean, it's definitely, there's, there's downtime with it. But like when you're trying to create certain content or like come up with copy and, you know, I've been doing this since 2011. So just to refresh your creative track every single day and come up with things that are different and unique. It's, it's, it's a lot. And there's a lot of administration that goes behind it. And, you know, things just take time out of your day. But I always say I I have a 24 hour job, but I'm not working 24 hours a day, (laughs) which is a good thing. I don't don't need to be working 24 hours a day, especially because I'm developing a human. 
So yes, you are. I cannot wait to meet her. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, but thank you for having us. It's been really fun. That was Courtney Dasher, human to one of the first ever Instafamous pets and also one of the dog agency's first clients, Tuna Melts My Heart. To keep up with Tuna, follow Tuna Melts My Heart on Instagram and Facebook. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Please leave us an awesome review and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. If you have any pet-related topics you want us to cover, email us at podcast at petinsider.com. To listen to past episodes, visit petinsider.com slash podcast. I'm Lonnie Edwards, and thank you for listening to the Pet Insider Podcast. Talk soon.